don't we commit this time? Commit the word to the Lord right now. You ready to do that? Why don't we just raise our hands? Lord God, right now. Oh, I pray you'd speak. Come and breathe upon us today. Let the word come alive, I pray. Let's not be hearers, just doers of the word, Lord, today. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Take your seats, guys. So good to be here. Yeah, I'm half Kiwi. No, I'm not really, because somehow my dad came to this school, which is pretty cool in itself. He's been ringing me going, and you've got to see where I lived. Go to the street where I lived. He goes, but there's no house there anymore. They pulled it down. I'm like, so what would I go and see, Dad? And he didn't think anything of that. So anyway, it's great to be here. I've actually got a funny story about Pastor Jordan. I don't know if I should know. It's not funny. It's, it's actually funny about my husband. Uh, Pastor Jordan was staying with us oh, quite a few years ago now. I don't know why you, we were doing. You were preaching at our church. You stayed with us. And at four, you had to leave at like 4 or 5 a.m. in the morning. I'll never forget that. So my husband was getting up to take him to the airport. And I was asleep, as should be the case. And my husband comes in at like 4 or 5 in the morning and starts poking me. Hey, babe, are you awake? And I go... No, no, I'm not awake. And he goes, I just want to make Jordan like some plunger coffee. How do I make it? I said, go away. He goes, but Jordan. I said, I don't care about Jordan. So I need to repent of that today. Please forgive me. It was early, definitely not good in the mornings. And uh, yeah, anyway, had issues after that in our marriage. But that's fine. We had a stern talking. We do not poke people in the morning at 4 a.m., and ask them how to make coffee. That is a no-go. A tip for you as you enter into marriage. We don't do those things, all right? <laughs> Fantastic. Let's get into the word. I actually really believe this is a word God gave me for Equippers Wellington. I really believe. For you as a church, but also as individuals today. So I'm going to read. You can just listen along. Joshua chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. And it says this. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Acacia Grove and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you're to move out from your position and follow it. Then you'll know which way to go since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. And Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. I want to land on verse 4 today when literally God is speaking to the people, you have never been this way before. And I want to speak over this church. You're about to enter into new territory, enter into a new season, but you're going to have to lay off some things of the old to actually embrace the new that God has got for you. You've never been this way before. And I want to talk to you for a few moments about uncharted territory, because that's the territory God wants you to step into. Really important. And this is for you as a church, but also as individuals. And I love the definition of this uncharted, what this word means. It means unexplained, untraveled, undiscovered, unfamiliar, unknown. God's calling you to step into the unknown. Who knows that sounds a lot more exciting than it is in reality. Anyone with me on that? You know, it's like, come on, let's step into the unknown. And you sort of go... Yeah, but then I won't know. That's the whole problem. 
you know, I was thinking even about, you know, we share a lot of shared history between Australia and New Zealand, but, uh, you know, Captain James Cook, he had a big part in obviously circumnavigating New Zealand three times, I discovered. Uh, you know, and the interesting thing when he set out, can you imagine recruiting people to join his mission? Hey, we don't even know where we're going. We don't even know if we'll run out of food on the way. We have no clue if there's actually something out there. They had a sense there was land out there somewhere. We don't even know. We've got a hunch. We've got a hope. We've got a dream. So who'd like to sign up for that mission right now? We don't know when we'll come back. We don't know if we'll ever come back. But come on, it's going to be unbelievable. And yet we celebrate people who are the first the pioneers who step into something and yet they're the people who are also willing to put their hand up and go, I'm willing to step into the unknown. And I feel there's a stirring of the Holy Spirit. There's some uncharted territory that as individuals you need to step into, but also as a church. And the problem is the natural tendency for all of us is to always go the way we've been before. How many of you drove to church this morning and can't even remember driving here today? It's a sad day when you do that and you literally pull in the driveway at home and you go, I don't even know if I ran a red light. I don't even remember the whole drive home. And yet that's sort of the feeling we have when we go through life. It's safe. Let's stay in the zone where we're comfortable, where we know we don't even have to think. We don't have to stretch out in faith. We can just live because it's easy and it's comfortable and God wants to stir us. There's uncharted territory for you to take today. He's wanting you to step into some new things with him. Now, the incredible thing is, though, you see, here's Joshua and God. They're preparing the people to go into the promised land. Pretty incredible stuff. And this is the thing. He says, yeah, you know, but there's amazing things over there. You see, when you begin to step into uncharted territory, God does amazing things. And you're not going to step into amazing things until you're willing to step into the unknown. It's just the way that God works. Josh is going, we've never been this way before, but let me tell you, God's going to do great wonders among us. God's got amazing things in store. When we first moved to Brisbane, I'm an Adelaide girl, lived there all my life, went to Brisbane, and I'll never forget they had freeways in Brisbane. We didn't even know what freeways were in Adelaide. And, you know, you'd get on this freeway and you're just like, and you drive and try and I hate merging I hate merging on motorways they freak me out and all I knew how to do in Brisbane was to drive to church drive to the shops drive to church drive to the shops for six months when I lived in Brisbane and I avoided freeways at all costs now the problem is there's some incredible places in Queensland We have incredible beaches and theme parks and holiday destinations. But until you're willing to step into the unknown and get out of your comfort zone, all you're going to do in life is drive to church and drive to the shops. Not that there's anything wrong with that, please hear me. And so a call to us today is, are you willing to step into the unknown? As a church, are you willing to step into the uncharted territory that God has before you? Because he's saying, come on, there's amazing things as you step out in faith and lay hold of what I've got. I'm going to give you some keys really quickly this morning to navigating unknown territory. You ready for that today? First one is this. If you want to step into the unknown, uncharted territory, you've got to throw away your old maps. Some of us have got a map 
from so long ago that we're still holding up and going, yeah, this is it, this is it. But who knows, life changes. I remember going to visit a friend one day and I had my street maps, that's what you call them, your street maps. And I was on driving out, literally in this street map, I was like, okay, and literally her new estate didn't even factor on my street map. And there was an urgency back before iPhones where you had your navigation and Google Maps. I'm like, oh no, I don't know how to get to this girl's house. And some of us, our street maps are so old. I went to my mum's house the other day and it was so funny. Here she is, she still uses street maps. Mum, you've got an iPad, you've got an iPhone. It's time to get with the program. And for those who don't know what we used to do, you'd get your book out you get your little post-it notes, your sticky notes, and you'd stick there because you had to flick between all these pages. And like when I visited my friend, the problem was you'd get to this staying on your map and it'd go, limit of maps. And that was it. Now, the problem is there was more out there. It just wasn't recorded. See, we need to throw away some of those old maps we've been living by, old thought patterns, old mindsets, just the old, same old, same old. You get so much into the habit and the pattern of doing things. God's saying, maybe there's more. Maybe there's more. Maybe there's something more for you to step into. Stop living by your street maps that are so old. God's going, there's still new territory. You haven't even discovered all that I've got for you. My 13-year-old son saw this street maps the other day. He goes, what is that? And you should have seen me trying to explain to my child, well, this is what you do. He goes, that is the most stupid thing I've ever seen in my life. I said, what's what we did in the olden days? Just get with it, all right. But Isaiah 43, 19 says, For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. And we've just got to have a sense, God, I'm not just going to stick. This is it. No, God, this is the way I do it. This is the way I do it. The greatest seasons of your life where you're willing to go, God, I'm open. Whatever. Where do you want to take me? Where do you want to lead me? If you're holding on to the old and going, no, God, I don't want change. I don't want to see any change. You're never going to step into the amazing things that God has got for you. Can I stir you today? Okay, 1999 was a great year. But let's throw away that map because in 2016, God goes, hey, let me give you what I've got for you right now. Something so powerful. You know, when we first pioneered our church, we just had a picture of what it could be. And if we'd limited ourselves just to that one picture, God would have said to us, you've missed out on so many incredible things. You've actually got to sometimes throw out the old maps, embrace the new thing God's doing. I love that. Second thing, if you want to navigate unknown territory, uncharted territory, get comfortable with the unknown. It's actually okay not to know. Now, give me a wave if you're a bit of a control freak out there. Oh, awesome. I feel right at home. I'm a list person. You know, and my husband does this to me all the time. He'll always get up and he'll say, right, we're all leaving at 9.30. And in my mind, I'm going, 9.30, 9.30, I can do 9.30. And then at 9 o'clock, he'll yell out, let's go. Let's go right now. Come on, let's go. And I go, no. He goes, well, already. I said, do I look ready? 
And sometimes we really stress. It's like, no, no, that's my comfort zone. We've actually got to get comfortable with the unknown. Actually reconcile and find a place of peace in the midst of you not knowing all the answers to the season that you're in. It's a powerful thought. I love this. If you want to say this in a different way, getting comfortable with the unknown, it's actually called the faith life. Sorry about that. 1 Timothy 1.19 in the Amplified Version says this, describing faith, that leaning of the entire human personality on God in absolute trust and confidence. It's okay to admit I've got no clue what's going on right now. But I'm pretty confident God does. He knows where he's leading. He knows where he's guiding. And for us, I think it was, I always forget, 2011. You would have seen it on the news. Brisbane had devastating floods go right through the city. And for us in that season, we lost a building. Our church went under. and It was an older building anyway. And for us, we were just saying, this is it. This is our church. We can renovate it. We can do things with it. We could only see this church. And in that moment, we lost our building. The, the flood damage was so bad. You'd literally pull a bit of plaster away and the mud that would seep out, you'd go, this could be a problem for us. So not only did the flood rise... Uh, the rains, the whole roof collapsed as well. And so Pastor Jordan preached in that church. It is now beautiful high rises. They look amazing. But in that moment, we were terrified, probably me more than my husband. I'm like going, oh no, oh no, what we've known, what we've known. And in that moment, we, it was a journey that still probably hasn't really ended in our lives. And we became this church on the move. My husband coined that phrase because it was the only way to make it sound exciting. Church on the move. Are you part of the church on the move? And you've got to laugh because it was like, church on the move? Where are we moving to? Every week it was a different location. It was like sometimes we didn't even know until Saturday night at 10 o'clock, oh, we've got a place. Okay, Lord, thank you. We were in the Greek club. We were in a comedy club. We were in the conservatorium. You name it, we were everywhere. We were struggling with no insurance coming through. It was a season of the unknown. But rather than just actually get overwhelmed and devastated when you don't know the answers, it's God, I trust you in that circumstance. God, you're still working. God, you've still got a plan, even though you haven't filled me in on the details. And for some of us, we need to be the people on the move, even though we don't know where we're moving to. Get comfortable with the unknown. Find a place you can reconcile and have peace, even in the midst of not knowing the details. Very important if you want to step into uncharted territory. Third thing is this. If you want to step in and step into the unknown, you've got to understand that detours can become part of the journey. I've been driving in Wellington this weekend. There's a lot of detours this weekend. And the traffic's been really awful, let's just be honest. Uh, Rachel has done an amazing job of navigating one-way streets and they're filming. They're filming in Wellington and it's literally shut down. I woke up this morning, I thought there were gunshots. It was like pop, 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 pop. And I thought, maybe it's the film. I'm hoping it's the film today. Let's just go with Hollywood, all right? But you know, you get frustrated. I hate detours. Does anyone get angry? Rachel controlled. She displayed all the fruits of the spirit, you know. <laughs> Why do you sound so shocked? That's not a good thing, people. 
But, you know, when we're in a detour, don't you feel like your blood's about to boil? You just, I've got to get there. I've got to get there. I've got to get there now. Don't they know what I'm doing? Don't they know how busy I am? And we get so stressed. And finally, this is the interesting thing about a detour. We got here every time. We did. Sometimes, no, we always got here. We always got here. You see, detours can actually be part of the journey if you allow God to do his work in the detours that he wants to do. And sometimes you're going to feel so off course when you're stepping into the unknown, when you're stepping into uncharted territory and go, God, what are you even doing right now? But God, I love this, Romans 8, 28, and we know that God causes what? Everything or all things to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. He works what? All things. All things. And you may be here today and you feel like you're stuck in a detour so far away from the very call and the promises that God gave you. He says, no, I can work all things. I can take whatever situation and use it for my glory and bring you back to the place that I always planned for you to be in. Embrace the detour. Let God do his greatest work in the detour. And for me, I was sharing with the girls yesterday, you know, I've battled rheumatoid arthritis since I was 22. So what is that? That's nearly 24 years I've lived with this condition. And they've been sometimes going, God, this is not part of the plan. God, this is not what I expected. God, this is not what I wanted. And yet when you actually submit to God in all things, you can work all things. He does an incredible work that I look back over my life and he's brought me through so faithful, leading me through, giving me strength when I need it. See, God does great work in the detours. So don't get frustrated. And I just said to some people, you're just so frustrated. This isn't the place I really wanted to be in right now. But God works all things, all things together for good. Next thing is this, so important to understand this. If you want to navigate this incredible season of the unknown, start listening. Start listening. The Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. Now, he's probably not going to give you the next 10 steps, but he does want to give you the next step. And then the next step. We want the whole plan, the blueprint. We want it, you know, presented beautifully. God, I just want to know. I just want to know everything that's about to happen in my life. God says, start listening. And in those times when you're about to step into the unknown, it's the whisper of heaven that's so important for you to listen to. You know, and we'd had some, we know what it's like setting up and packing down. Oh, the joys of setting up and packing down church. We've worked out, we've been in between 30 to 40 venues as a church in probably 11 or 12 years. I know what it's like. I'm not, you know, unsurprised by what it actually takes. And we were having really big issues with the venue that we were in. And they kept changing. Every week they go, you're out this week. And we're like, you can't just tell us four days before Sunday we're out. You've got to, we've got to talk about that. And so every time Paul would just navigate. Sometimes we literally would just turn up at the venue and tell the security guards, oh, no, we're in. We're definitely in today. And then we'd work out the details afterwards. It was one of those crazy seasons. And so Paul thought, in this venue we're in at the moment, I don't think we're going to be here for long. So he saw this 140-year-old Presbyterian church that was a showroom for kitchens. And he thought, gee, that'd be a cool place to have church. Listening to the Holy Spirit, he goes, I'm just going to ring them. So he rings them. He rings uh, the owners, finds out who they are and just said, hey, 
I'd really love to lease your building. I'd really like to talk to you about a long-term commitment to have this building. And they go, no, 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 we don't want to do that. No, we're fine. It's all good. Thank you very much. I'm not even interested. It's a business now. It's not a church and just shut us down. And in that moment, you go, I really felt, I was listening. I really felt the prompting to actually step out and do that. The incredible thing was a year later, a year later, I'll never forget it because we're actually sitting in Disneyland. It's pretty memorable. We were eating burgers and the phone rings. Paul goes, I better take it. I don't know who this is. The real estate agent. Hey, you know how you came to us and was looking for a church? The whole negotiations had changed now. They came to us. Would, would you be interested? Do, do you think you'd be interested in... And he's trying to play it cool, taking on this building. Paul goes, I'll have to think about it now. <laughs> have to think about it. And he's going, yes, if I'm not. And he literally, I'll ring you back. I said, don't ring them today. Don't ring them. Whatever you do, do not ring them today. And the next day he rings and he goes, yeah, yeah, I'm away. I'm overseas at the moment. Uh, but when I get back, we'd love to come and have a talk. Incredible thing is, God has just used that as such a blessing. It's our first home since the flood. So what's that? Five years we've been on the move where God gave us a home 24-7. For the next five years, we're leasing this building. You see, you've got to listen. You've got to have your ear inclined to what God is saying. When it's the unknown, don't just listen to the voices of everyone else because they'll want to pull you down and go, what are you doing? What are you thinking? You need to incline your ear to listen to what God is saying. We love this, John 10, 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. If you want to step into some uncharted territory, incline your ear. Have a listen to what God is actually saying. I like to think of it. You know, my husband and I, when we were driving in America at that time, you know, my husband does not like it when I give him directions in driving. I don't know what it is. We'll just leave it at that, all right? But he's so willing to listen to another female. It's called the GPS. Never understood that. And she'll tell him, do this, do that. And he's so obedient to that woman. <laughs> Joking. But you know, here we are driving in L.A., Eight lanes, all going crazy fast. And here he is listening to this GPS and you're listening as if your life depended on it. And it probably does, let's be really honest. And this GPS voice would go, turn now, turn now, very calm, turn now. Me, I'm going, turn now, turn now. And this is the thing, it never tells you what you're going to do in 10 miles. It only tells you what you're going to do now. And I like to think of the Holy Spirit as our GPS. If we tune in and we're willing to listen, he's going, okay, take that step. Okay, do that now. He's not going to tell you in five years' time, maybe you should do this. He's telling you right now, come on, step out in faith. Maybe it's time to take a step of generosity. Maybe it's time to take a step in a new area of career, whatever it may be, just listen. If you want to step into uncharted territory, lean in. And let the Holy Spirit guide you. Rely on his words to speak life in your circumstances. Worship team, why don't you come and join me? So if you want to step into the unknown, you're going to throw out your old maps. Some of you have got street maps in your car. Go home and throw them away right now. Or at least check the date. Please check the date. 
If it's less than, you know, 2014, I mean, throw them away, all right? That needs to happen. You also need to get comfortable with the unknown. Reconcile that place, that God is in the unknown. He can lead you through. Understand detours can become part of the journey. Start listening. And I love this one. The last one is this. Get your focus right. Do you know it's so easy when you're stepping into the unknown just to look down and go, well, I can't see. Where's that? Where's that provision? Where's that answer? When you're stepping into uncharted territory, you have to lift your eyes and look. Keep your focus. I love what, uh, you know, Joshua told the Israelites. As we step into the unknown, I want you to fix your eyes on one thing only, the Ark of the Covenant, the very presence of God. Don't look over here. Don't look at that problem. Don't look at that issue. Eyes focused. I love that. Lift up your eyes, focus. And wherever that Ark, wherever the presence of God goes, you go there. And then follow over there. We're so consumed sometimes because we can see all the reasons why not. And God says, lift it up a little bit. Lift it up a little bit. You know, sometimes in church life, we can be so focused on the problems. And God's saying, no, start looking at the harvest. Start looking at the potential. Start looking at the calling that I've got for you. Start looking at the city. Lift your focus. When things are unknown, look a little bit higher in your life. When we first pioneered our church, we had about 30 people on our team, so we pioneered our church 12 years ago. And we were all on stage and there was really no one sitting. I think I was the only one sitting on the front row. And we'd made a decision, Paul and I, and there was one other guy who came as a pastor. You know, we're all working for free. We're living by faith, living the dream apparently. But anyway, (laughs) the unknown. We were living the unknown. And we'd made a decision in this venue that we were, that even if there's one person on the front row, which was me, we will always speak to what we see in God. So we're gonna speak to a full building. We're gonna speak to a full room. We're not gonna speak to three people who are all saved and loving Jesus. We're gonna speak to the harvest that is yet to come. I remember those times when the band would be all on stage and there'd only be a couple of us sitting there and Paul would get up. And he'd literally, he'd be looking up there going, tonight, close your eyes, close your eyes. And I could see the band going, who's he talking to? That man is very strange. And he goes, tonight, we're going to pray a prayer that's going to change your life. We're going to ask Jesus into our heart today. Like it's literally me on the front row. And we'd pray a prayer. And every week we'd pray a prayer. And we'd pray a prayer. And we'd pray a prayer. I got saved so many times. It was really powerful. I really am a super Christian now because of all those commitments I made to Jesus. But you know, we kept declaring. We kept our focus, kept seeing what was instead of what was actually current in our lives. That's called living in the unknown. And I remember the day he prayed a prayer and all the band were going, honestly, what are we even doing here? And a man had slipped in. He heard a message. He actually couldn't believe that it could be that easy to come into relationship with Jesus. And he put his hand up, blown away, that someone had talked a message of grace. And I remember when his hand went up, Paul goes, I see that hand. And we're like, he's not lying, you see. (laughs) And 
we all rejoice that day because you've got to lift your focus. Church wasn't just built for the people that are here today. It's for the harvest that is yet to come. When you're living in the unknown, what can you see? Look beyond. Look a little further to what God has got for you. He's got incredible things. You know, we were out snorkeling on the barrier reef. It's a very Queensland thing to do. If you come, you need to do that. But as we took the boat out to the barrier reef, let's just say I felt very ill and I spent the whole trip hanging out the back of the boat. It was not a good thing. And so my poor son, I don't even know where Paul and my other son were. I think they were talking to people, being socialites. But my little son was sitting there. I'm like green as feeling awful. And this gorgeous American lady could see my son sitting there by himself, turning a shade of green a little bit seasick all by himself because his mother was useless his dad who knows where he was anyway he was sitting there and this American woman came and sat next to him and she said this thing that I think is very powerful for us living everyday life she says son your mother's not looking very good so let's help you get through this all right right now and she said this beautiful thing what we're going to do is we're going to fix our eyes on the horizon can you get the horizon all right Get your eyes on the horizon. Don't get your eyes. Stop looking somewhere else. Get your eyes on the horizon. And then I want you to breathe. Keep breathing. Keep your eyes on the horizon. I love the fact in Hebrews 12 too, keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. Can I say to you today, Equippers, look to the horizon, Jesus, and breathe and breathe. Don't get fixated on the small things that you see right now. The questions, lift up your eyes. I feel to stir you. There is a city at stake. There are people's lives at stake. There are hurting people. There are needs that need to be met. Lift up your eyes and see right now. It's time to step into the unknown. I really feel this for individuals right now, for a church. Why don't you stand in this place? If you're here right now and go, I need to step into the unknown. I need to lay aside some of my controls and actually relinquish to God and what He wants to do. Some people are just stuck in detours, so frustrated and so angry. And yet God's doing His greatest work in you right now. Why don't you just raise your hands to heaven and surrender? Or say, God, even in the unknown, even in the unexplained, God, come and meet me. Come and bring your touch right now and make a decision. We're going into the territory that God has got for us. We're stepping in to the fullness of all that He has for us. We're not holding back, but we're pushing through. And I declare over this church right now, it's time. It's time. It's time to step into some uncharted territory. God's opening up the doors. There's an unveiling. There's a revealing coming right now. God, we declare it. Come on, let's just begin to worship in this place.